she's still yelling? I swear I heard her. I don't know. Let's go. Oh, let me know when you're ready. I mean, it's recording. Oh, God, shit. Sorry. Welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Jeremy. Brad. Jeremy. Brad. Okay. 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 Well, we decided to do um, for this episode, episode one something something. I don't know. I lost track. <laughs> I lost track. Maybe we didn't figure out what it is. I don't figure out what it was. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so uh, we decided to do... To do the 2008 uh, Teen Choice Award winning movie for Best Action Adventure. <laughs> is it really? To the Chronicles really? of Narnia Prince Caspian. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yes, it's a, a Teen Choice Award winning movie. Yeah, did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. I found that out. Yeah. I got a bunch of facts because uh, it's been like a week since we've watched this movie, so I don't quite remember a lot of it. <laughs> it's episode 145, so, by the way. 145, by the way. Uh, this movie holds a 6.5 on IMDb, if you care about those things. It is the 2008 uh, sequel to The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. And you know my joke I always say, he's so far in the closet... He can see Narnia. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Do you have any information about this movie? Um, About this one in particular? Yeah, this one. Prince Caspian. <laughs> no, like... Um, the Teen Choice Award winning movie. Chronicles of Narnia. Prince Caspian. Oh, Prince Caspian. No, the... Uh, I actually saw this one in theaters. Of course uh, you did. And was... No, 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 no. I take that back. I didn't... I saw the first one in theaters. Okay. And uh, with with a friend who was insistent that I go mm-hmm. um, because they grew up on them and okay. really liked them, which is a whole other situation. That's another podcast. Well, the... Uh, Unless you want to get into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll get into it eventually. Here. Okay. Um. I think I might say because I really that. don't want to talk about this movie. No, I mean fair. I do, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> but we we saw the first one and it was okay, but it was it was visually appealing, mm-hmm. and I think this movie too is oh, visually this movie's visually appealing. It's fine. Although you know what, like I will it's say, there I will say it is not as visually appealing as the first one, which is weird because it has less special effects. There are more special effects in this movie than the first movie. Really? Yeah. There uh, were about 1,500 special effects in this movie as opposed to 800 in the first one. Interesting. Disney was like, Disney and Walden Books were like, let's go. <laughs> well, then the, I think the, the visual effects. The, the director is, is a very visual effects yeah. um, guru. Uh, I think he worked on the Lord of the Rings yeah. movies as well, so. Which these are like, sort of. I mean, it was Disney's way of trying to, kind of capture or get some of that money, 
from the fantasy era that was going on. Uh, you know, but this is kind of like the at the tail end of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it Lord was, of the Rings was kind of like it was in the also their it was the also aunts. their attempt to snag money from the religious right. Well, yes, but but again, yeah. the fantasy yeah. of like the Lord of the Rings and the uh, Harry Potter oh, books yeah. and stuff like that. Come on, I mean they, they were doing that too. Oh yeah, well. that was a they wanted to. Everybody you know, was trying to snag a sure. They were trying thing. to find yeah. the next one of these, mm-hmm. you know. Or the Golden Compass, remember that? That was yeah, kind of a fail. That was as a, well. a rough movie. Yeah. Uh, did you know the code name for this movie was called Toasty? Toasty? Yeah, because the crew liked to eat toasted sandwiches. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. very interesting. These are the, or the other thing, tedious. No, I like that, that <laughs> you get that little tidbit. <laughs> toasty Toasties. Toasted tidbits Oh I'm working on that new Toasties movie <laughs> But it's really the line of which You're like is that a movie about cereal? Is that, Toast- a, is that a movie about generic if they're, if, they're, if they're working on post production <laughs> Is it post Toasties? Is it post Toasties? <laughs> well I'm doing post Post <laughs> Post toasties. I don't. I don't even know if I want to go for it. Did you know? Uh, <laughs> do you know uh, Andrew Garfield auditioned for Prince Caspian? Really? Yeah. I could see. Honestly, I could see maybe that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the kid. The guy. The kid, he's too young in this yeah. movie, which he even said he was. Yeah. And then later on in the third movie, which there is a third movie. Yes. Obviously. Don Treader. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, he felt more comfortable on doing it. Also, the kid said that. He based his accent on uh, Mandy Patinkin's uh, accent. In... Oh, and it shows. No, but there is like this weird, like, like where this movie kind of is like, hey, it's a little bit of Harry Potter. It's a little bit of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's a little bit of Princess Bride. It's a little bit of mm-hmm. like all these, all these other movies that you have seen. Yeah. So it just, for me, lives. Yeah. It doesn't. It's nothing that lives tremendously. Yeah. And there's nothing foul about this movie that I can easily make fun of it in a way that I'm enjoying making yeah, fun of it. Yeah, it's it's just there. Yeah. Right. And that's what frustrates me. Yeah. About talking about this movie because there's nothing really tremendous to talk about except a little bit of the visual and makeup. Yeah. That's about it. Yep. None of the none of the performances oh. are bad. None of them are tremendous. Yeah. There's not one moment. There is one moment like visually where I'm like, wow, yeah. that was really cool. But other than that, it just kind of plays it safe. Right. Yeah. It's like listening to an album that it's a new album from a familiar band and it sounds like their previous album. Yeah. You just go with it. And you're like, well. That was okay. Yeah, that's what it yeah. reminds me of. Well, I think the I think the thing that the thing that hurts this movie for me um, is the whole. Um, so, like in the first movie, you're learning the characters, and each one has their own kind of piece of the story, mm-hmm. and you're watching each of them develop in their own way, and uh, they have. 
um, there's the the fantasy characters that are around them. Um, like you have uh, Mr. Tumnus. And Sorry, you have, like, our own lion, our cat, yeah, is we, jumping around. While we invited we're... her in here to talk about. Well, I don't think we invite. She barged in. She just barged and demanded, roared and said, "You will bow down to d- me." Demanded airtime. She's she's usually pretty good and quiet. Yeah, she is. She usually avoids coming in here, but she's not having it today. Well, it's sunshiny. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that that hurts this movie is that, like in the first movie, you focus on a lot of the character growth, and you're you're looking at your four main, the Pevensey kids, and they're growing, yeah, uh, as characters, and the peripheral characters grow too. But there's like a really wide range of them. Like you have Mr. Tumnus, and you have like you know different Badger, and you have like uh, I mean, you have so many different types of like animal characters. And other fantasy characters that are people are familiar with, mm-hmm. and so it's this very. There may not be as many special effects, but I think the effects that we have are way more varied than what we have here. There's more special effects in this. I oh, know that's what I'm saying. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they're more varied well, in the first one. They're building, you know, they're putting building blocks. Yeah, for everything. So of course it's going to be a little. You know, world building, yeah, in a way. So, but when we come into mm. this movie, I think like it's a lot of, you know, the humans are the bad guys, and so you have a lot of stuff around that. Mm-hmm. Minimal amounts of fantasy characters, like you get a few different types, but that's it. Um, then you get like the Pevensey kids. We really aren't. Um, like I don't think we watch them grow so much at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like uh, Susie, who's played by uh, Anna Popplewell, like the who who is a better fighter in this movie. I don't think we really watch her character grow as much at the very towards the end. She kind of is like it's almost like there she's thinking about her feelings with Prince Caspian, right? And then like uh. The uh, Peter is a dick during the whole thing, and then at the end, he kind of grows as a person. But it doesn't really mm. happen until the end. And uh, the only one who I thought was like, "Oh, okay," like like this character I can get behind is Edmund, who is the mm. the, the darker haired brother. Right. He in the first the movie, younger. the the queen tempts him. And he's so he's with her at the beginning, you know, kind of goes down the bad path and is redeemed. Right. So can I also say the better actor of the kids is probably him? Yes. As well. Yeah, so I agree. That's probably why. Yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And he uh they have this scene here where like the they almost summon the ice queen back and uh he's the one who ends mm-hmm. up smashing the ice that she's in and he's like he kind of does this moment where he goes I've been down that road and like Mm. takes the choice out of his hands and I was like nice which is very odd because this kid also after the end of these movies didn't really do anything decided not to act to give up acting which is very bizarre because I find myself gravitating towards him yes uh, as far as the kids are concerned yep like I did say this is Walden uh, Walden Media which folded, I think, in uh, no, founded no, twenty one years. Is it still going? I thought it folded. No, nope, it's it still going. Too. Yeah, is it the Babysitters Club? 
oh. which was released, uh, you know, on Netflix. So we still have that. So that's a good one. But you have like the Chronicles of Narnia, which we were talking about. Charlotte's Web, Bridge to Terabathia, because of Win Dixie. So I'm like, okay, so oh, yeah. there you go. They're doing those uh, literary to uh, book to screen yeah. stuff as well. So obviously we talked about the kids uh, being in this movie. The uh, original kids from the first movie yeah. are all in this movie. Um, but it is um, a year later for them, but it's about 1,500 years later in Narnia. Yes. Right. And, and so go ahead. I, and I think that they they sell that really well. Like I love I, I I they discover when they come back to Narnia, things are different. They find themselves on a beach and they walk up and they're starting to look and they realize, hey wait, this seems familiar. And then they see like the ruins of their where their castle would have been uh-huh. and all this. And it, it reminds me of like that. I enjoy because it's kind of like oh my god like everything's changed and it reminds me a lot of like return to oz where all of a sudden yeah dorothy's like wait it's the stuff you're familiar with but it's aged and fallen apart and like fallen on hard times even though she's just been gone a short bit yeah it's longer for them yeah comparing the comparing the beauty of what we remember with like the ruin of like how things fall when they get transferred into narnia is that interesting to you because of obviously through the wardrobe in the first movie yeah is how they get to narnia but in this movie it's through the strand um train depot yeah i don't know if you liked the look of that or whatnot I and I don't know. I, I like the set honest. piece of the train building, but I just yeah. felt like it was kind of anticlimactic of how they got there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know about you. Well, it was just like they were suddenly sucked through it. And well, then... when you watch Harry Potter, there's always like this moment where it's always so fun when they go back to school, right? Yes. And how they get there to Hogwarts yeah, is always kind of fun too. Yeah. Or a running gag in itself. And I'm, I'm, well, it's just there. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're in Narnia and here we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That that to me was okay. Yeah. Just like everything else in the movie. But. I would like to see more like, because we know that they get summoned back because Prince Caspian blows the right. horn. But we don't really... It's almost like there's not a connection between the two. Between the two worlds. Like, where... I would have liked if one of them was like, do you hear that? Yeah. And, like, heard the horn. Yeah, that's what I or mean. something, something just... connected it. But, like, all you know is that he blew the horn, and then they have an acid trip, and then... That's what it looks like. Yeah. And you're like, ooh. Yeah, and, and the fact that... And I don't honestly... If it's like that in the book, okay, then I I guess that's how the book does it. But if it's not, usually it just, more appealing though. If if it's not, it looks like it just it seriously made me think. Oh, they just ripped off Harry Potter, but not in a good way. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, that was the Harry. There's the Harry Potter reminders. There's just everything that this movie just constantly is reminding me of better movies. Yeah, not. Not that this is a bad movie, but every time I watched this movie, I thought, oh, I kind of want to watch this movie over here. Yeah. Or that movie over here. Because it reminded me of that. And it happens. That's what. That's why I made the allusion to, like, music 
how like a piece of song yeah. reminds you of something else. Yeah. I'm not saying it's derivative. I'm just saying it's it's it is piggybacking on something that we do know by trying to be itself in the process at the same time. And sometimes that works and sometimes it just lays flat. Mm-hmm. And I think this time it just is laying, not even flat, it's just laying there in the ether, just waiting for us to grasp it, <laughs> Prince Caspian. So there was, like uh, like you said, uh, there was 1,500 special effects. There was 4,600 makeup jobs in this movie. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, but yes, um, some of the some of our uh, actors who are joining us this time are Peter Dinklage, uh, Eddie Izzard, Warwick Davis. Uh, so we got those guys, um, and also uh, Liam Neeson and Tilda Swinton reprise their roles from the first movie, right? Yeah, yeah. The White Witch. Yeah, the White Witch. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, it's just me. So like, there are moments of this movie where we do have, like, I can see where it's winning a teen choice award for best action. Cause there are good set pieces where there's good action, right? Yes. But it's also like nothing new. I've seen this before. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's this weird dip in the middle. Right, where where I'm just bored during the movie, where it's yes. just like not a lot's going on, and they're just trying to figure out what to do next. And that part just bores me. Like this movie is two hours and thirty minutes. Yes, and, it, and I'm going to tell you, twelve minutes of that movie are the credits. Okay, now when your credits are twelve minutes, you got a lot of special effects, but also. Why is this movie that long? And, and I get it, it what they're trying to do. They're trying to put it in a big book. Yeah. But this is a kid's movie. And I get right. like Harry Potter. But those are stuff that was like you didn't see a lot of people going, We reissued Chronicles of Narnia in this paperback and it's a midnight sale, so you need to go get it. Yeah. Like, there wasn't but, people that were rushing to go get Chronicles yeah. of Darnia. Well, yes and no. I mean, like, it, it was a different time. Right. I mean, these were... I mean, these are older books. Yeah, they're older it. books. But, I mean, there there are audiences that... I don't know. ...are all in on these books. I mean, kids' movie being that long <clears throat> and not having, like, not having a star or an adult... Yeah. Carrying the movie seems a little problematic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Tilda Swinton's a cameo, and so is Liam Neeson. <clears throat> like, as the lion, he is supposed to be, he's a lot in that book. Yeah. And he's like not even in this movie until the end. By the way, in the original movie, they wanted Brian Cox to play the voice. Okay. But um, I don't, I don't think he was busy or something. Yeah. So they got Liam Neeson. Yeah. So yeah, Brian uh, yeah. Cox, I, I could get behind. Yeah, I could. Too. I wouldn't yeah. have done this either way if I was any. <laughs> Liam Neeson tried. Um, so the movie, so this especially the second one, mm-hmm. 
didn't do as near as well at the box office as no. the first one. Um, it, it fell a little flat. Yeah. Its opening weekend was pretty low. I actually looked. It was $55 million and they had a $225 million budget. And uh, um, Was it sandwiched between Iron Man yeah, and uh, uh, Indiana Jones, the fourth Indiana Jones movie? Yeah, probably. Would probably be around 20. You know how I know that? I read Wicca, too. Don't do you? <laughs> well, I'm, that's not what I was looking at. Oh, okay. So I'm on Wicca right now, so yeah. yeah. No, the um, I get my information. So they didn't do very well, but as like, my friend Tom Skull says, "Oh, you read Wicca too." <laughs> One of the things uh, I had read about it was they knew that the the budget was not going to, <laughs> or they weren't going to make back the budget mm. initially, and so it was problematic. So what they did was they started a big campaign to because. And I made mention of it earlier too, but like, um, there is a big love for these movies in the evangelical communities. Uh, evangelicals love it because there's a lot of Christian allegory in it. Like Aslan is very much like a, you know, allegory for Jesus and, uh, a lot of other stuff in there, but but evangelicals over time had gotten more and more because uh, C.S. Lewis intended, obviously, for Aslan to be like Christ. Um, but he also mixed in like other fantasy elements or like mythology from like different pagan cultures and different like Norse cultures and like all these different cultures. He was like, let's mix all this together. And a lot of that evangelicals have just kind of turned it and focused more on like the, the Christian aspects of it. And so when I was growing up, uh, I knew some people who were like some of the other, I uh, grew up in the Baptist church. And so some of the other families who like, they would not let their kids look at X-Men because it said the word mutant, you know, they wouldn't let their serious. Yeah. Mutant? They, yeah. They couldn't watch. We couldn't do anything with Ninja Turtles or X-Men because it talked about mutants oh, and God. mutations, uh, according to them, uh, when because it went hand in hand with evolution oh, was gotcha. a no was a no no whatever uh, yeah um there was we <laughs> this was the what family where hellsboro yeah pretty much this was the family where you couldn't you had to call people piano players because they were literally were not allowed to say pianist penis because it was too close that's stupid yeah um and so it's fun to say penis pianist Pianists are just fun. Yeah. Um, Pianists? Uh, so, but we, though, could watch Chronicles of Narnia. Like, they had an old British set that we used to sure. watch all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Warwick Davis was in the, uh, I think, one of those versions. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, but we, so I was like, okay, well, like, how come you can watch this? And, you know, at the time I didn't see anything, but when I saw the other, when I saw it in theaters in 2006 or whatever, I was like, oh, gotcha. And the more I went back and read up on it, it was like, okay, I see what's happening. Like yeah. it's, it's the, the evangelical community embraced Chronicles of Narnia. And so when they realized, oh no, opening weekend was pretty abysmal, they started throwing feelers out there and basically were talking to church groups saying you should market this to your people to go out and go see this. And so literally 
preachers were saying, you know, we need to go see things like this. And well, we're getting terrible. we're getting their parishioners to go out there and watch who, it. Who made that up? Don't tell me it was Disney. That the 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 media portion of Disney because Disney was also trying to do oh, like you. family fun uh, family friendly stuff that was yeah. like marketed more towards like religious kind of mm. groups because it was like a market they hadn't tapped for a while. So yeah. and they had had so many problems with uh, religious groups in the past, like. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention used to boycott Disney, you know, brief or for some point in time. Uh, so they were trying to make good and like build those bridges with them again because it was just money they weren't getting. And so they were marketing this and they had people were basically preaching to go see, you should go see this. And so that helped the box office. So like the U.S., even though the, the opening weekend was 55 million, the U.S. gross was 141 million. And then the cumulative worldwide gross was four hundred nineteen million. So they did end up recouping their money, but it was through this effort of like getting out the word about it, and getting people like, to go see it because of because these things aren't aren't my bag of tea, right? Like right. I don't really prefer. I mean, I'll watch like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Yeah, but from what I understand, you know, like I don't what I know from C.S. Lewis is Anthony Hopkins' portrayal of him in Shadowlands. Okay. Which is not saying much. Which is a beautiful movie with Deborah Winger. Yeah. Nebraska's own Deborah Winger. Ooh. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No. She's not from Nebraska. <clears throat> she had sex with Bob Carey. Yes. Who's from Nebraska. That's correct. I got confused there. But yeah. in terms of endearment, was filmed. I digress. Anyway, uh, she walked across that Bob Carey pedestrian bridge. Anyway, here we go. All right. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So C.S. Lewis... And Token were friends, though, weren't they? I mean, last time I knew, I thought they were. That I actually don't know. Because I think it would make sense, though. Like, when he went back to Christianity, I thought that he became friends with Token. So it actually says, had been influenced by uh, his Christian friend, J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. For whom they well, met. It would, it would make sense that 20, he and Tolkien were friends. 1926. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. But what are these just Christian allegories? Like all these things? Like Lord of the Rings and stuff? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> why, like why are these so. I mean, you get these fantasy things, and I'm not. I'm more like a sci fi yeah. person, so this is why these do not connect with me in any way. And I don't know if they just don't connect with me because I was never like fully um, embedded in the religion or the church of it all. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So maybe I don't connect with the allegories so much. Yeah. But like, are these like, are Lord of the Rings too based in some sort of, um, yeah, but Lord of the Rings is because all the Christians told you to stay away from Harry Potter. Don't cause that's, that's magic. Well, yeah, because that one is more like yeah, it's it's more focused on the occult and paganism, right. Than it is like it, that one. I mean, if there's Christian allegories, whatever. But it's more about like the spell piece of it, and whatever, right? My, and and I think from what I had read was that like some of the love from Chronicles of Narnia has kind of shifted because there's less and less of the focus on the symbolism behind it. And because it's not out and out, you know, 
it's about it's about Christ, you know, and not like explicitly saying Jesus. You know, the people have kind of turned away from it a little bit because we've lost our ability at critical thinking into like you know to to learn about allegory and right. stuff like that, and so people have started to kind of turn yeah. their back on it a little bit. Um, even though you know it was the wet dream before, but um, I think it's easy, like it, especially in places where like religion is so big, like. Uh, with Tolkien, a lot of the writing, you know, you, you go back and, you know, whether it's paganism, whether it's whatever, like, a lot of religion gets mixed into writing yeah. and symbolism and allegory and everything. Do you know when when uh, C.S. Lewis died? When? November 22nd, 1963. Do you know the reason why you don't remember that? It's because that's when JFK was shot. Yeah. So like fifty five minutes after he died, JFK was was this? It's a conspiracy. Yeah, C.S. Lewis was the only one keeping him alive. C.S. Lewis was keeping L- him alive. C.S. Lewis has died. <laughs> now we can finally get Mac. Now we can plan. finally assassinate. I tried. JFK. I'm just saying, isn't that weird? It's weird. Like just reading this, I'm like, wow, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, but you do, but you have those weird signs. We've talked about it before, just in general, not really on the show we're getting kind of deep yeah the deuce podcast but that's the way it is folks um but you do have the, those allegories of you know society and religion yeah. and the impact that it does have through sci-fi and fantasy so you know i wouldn't yeah to say that he wasn't a friend of um you know the lord of the rings guy then yeah that makes sense to me yeah well, and C.S. Lewis, if I remember right, too, because wasn't didn't C.S. Lewis write Cats or the things it was based off of? T.S. Eliot. Oh, that was T.S. Eliot. That's T. S. what it was. Eliot. Yeah. Close. No, not even close. T.S. Eliot. C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Eliot. The only thing <laughs> similar the would S. be the S. And the initials. No, no, like there's nothing similar at all. Well, okay, so but there are there are aspects. I think so. Obviously, there's Wasn't like Lewis high, like a, there's heavy not, uh, religious overtones in, um, you know, in uh, T.S. Eliot. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Like, I was gonna say, uh, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe and right. those. Um, and I think like Tolkien even has some issues of like race that are like problematic, kind of like Correct. allegories for race and things like that. Um, a lot of these, like you, you have to, you really do kind of have to take them with a grain of salt and appreciate them for what they are because they have these like weird things underneath where you're like, ew, like this is bad. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber did cats and, but T.S. Eliot, like his book of poetry that he wrote about like the, the cats were based off of super fucking racist. And it's like, so there's all these things where it's like, like you got to doesn't mean that cats is some you know super racist thing it's you know mm-hmm. but what it's based off of is and you got to kind of look at it like okay well we're going to turn it into something sure. else versus... i knew a girl from college that said she only wanted to marry um someone who liked t.s Eliot. Ew. yeah okay. i know isn't that terrible yeah it's just kind of weird anyway well but and then too but that's you know like it's a well-known Right, it's like it's just one of those people. That yeah, it's like and so also, it's like 
you like their stuff, but you it's don't always realize because when you're you know what it is. Yeah. Well, like, we've talked about that where like we keep redoing stuff that we're familiar with. Yeah. Right. So it's like we'll always do. It's it's hard to do a Batman movie without like always not talking about the origins of Batman. Like we don't know what happened to his family. Right. Like, we know that stuff, and we don't need that. And in like a new Batman movie that's starting. It's just one of those familiar things that we just keep rehashing and redoing things over and over again. How many um, uh, Sherlock Holmes things are there? We're just familiar with this stuff. Yeah. You know, that we always want to put a, a different spin on them. And then everyone goes crazy and stupid, but whatever. That's beside the point. Can we talk about the movie? Here's um, one thing I actually liked about the movie. Yeah. Um, was that there was this fight scene towards the end. When they were all kind of like, they had some people underground yep. and they were hitting the pillars. And then all of a sudden the the ground was collapsing. Yes. And so then they all came up from underneath that. I like how all that looked. Yeah. That was a nice look to it. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted to go back to the movie. Um, I kind of liked the look of that. Yeah. I don't know if you did. The fight scenes were okay. Um, like there was, I, the, but again, it was nothing I hadn't seen before. The, the underground stuff the for about two seconds, I liked it. I liked the idea of it, but I think they didn't think it out when they were correct. I don't think drawing, they did because either. they started. They're like, yeah, now hit the pillars, and I was like, yeah. cool. Like, okay, they're gonna knock this down. But then I'm collapse. like, you're killing yourself. Yeah, because the people in front are hitting the pillars, not yeah. just the people in back, which means that like. The people who are like midway through that are just getting crushed. I'm like, I uh, thought that was weird too. And they visually even show it. Like you see people like riding through the stuff collapsing. I'm like, oh, come on. Well, another thing was like, there are, and I don't think that if you're going to say, like for kids to watch this, you can't have young kids watching this. There's some depth in there. Yeah. Um, So I would, you know, just be, you know, I'm just talking about our listeners that might want their kids to watch this yeah i'm, I'm thinking what uh 11 yeah you know on yeah. maybe somewhere around there somewhere around yeah. there eight yeah. to ten so, <laughs> yeah maybe ten yeah um just because there are some sensitive scenes like when there was a death in there i'm like oh my god we went there kind of yeah. thing you know oh like, yeah i'm like always weirded out by that in the kids movie yeah that's just me um i would say too like i liked um it was from around the same scene. The trees where they come to life. The trees come to life. Because yes. they mentioned it too, where they were like, the trees were alive last time we were here. And they were like, well, so much bad stuff happened that they just retreated inside mm. themselves and became just regular trees. But again, that's like a, that's a Lord of the Rings to me thing with the yeah. trees yes. coming to life. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, it's so there's cool. nothing new. And there's this cool shot where like, um, like uh, the, one of the trees gets hit with a with a ballista, and, or the the you know the stone from the catapult. Or the stone, they yeah. And all of a sudden, you see like roots start reaching out, and you see them basically like going across the battlefield, and you follow across the entire battlefield until you get to those, and then they get broke, you know, get smashed. I thought that was a cool shot. It was an opportunity to like see something flying through the. Uh, sure. battlefield shots and there was there was some weird stuff too like with the um the hawks that are like flying weren't they like flying people overhead yeah they're flying them uh like <laughs> it the was mice. like are you gonna drop 
stuff on the. Yeah, you it was know, just weird. It was weird. Like whoever, um, uh, Eddie Izzard, all of his people. Yes. So the mice, they don't talk about it here. Or at least I don't think they do. I didn't catch it in this one, mm-hmm. but I remember the mice in the first one were just mice. Like they weren't up and talking and stuff. And in this one, you have the mice who they can talk like everybody else. Aslan granted them the power to do that because regular mice, when he was trapped on the stone table or whatever mm. it was, uh, before he was uh, killed and then resurrected, before he came back, um, mm-hmm. the mice chewed through the ropes that he was tied up sure. with. And so for... Don't forget about the chickens that laid the Easter eggs. No, well, there you go. For the resurrection. So, yes. Of Aslan. So the, the mice that, that chewed through there and saved him, because of that, Aslan gave, granted all the mice the ability to talk mm. and to, you know, do the anthropomorphic thing like sure. everyone else. And so, like, I honestly thought the mice were cool in this. Like, I think they did a really good job yeah, of I mean, giving them action. Izzard, and I mean, there's not a lot of comedy in this. So you do have Eddie Izzard as kind of like that comic relief. Yeah. And it, he does his job fine. Well, and I, I actually thought Peter Dinklage was fine in this movie. Yeah, too. Peter Dinklage is fine too, and he has. But fine. Yeah. Like I'm just like. But yeah, we're talking about 2008 Peter Dinklage too, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, is he, 2008 Peter Dinklage not good enough for you? No, but do he you had, need to, 2020 Peter Dinklage? So or Peter Dinklage has more. I think Peter Dinklage now gets like a wider berth as far as like the roles he gets. No, as far as I get what you're yeah. saying. I'm and I remember, so Peter Dinklage around that time, I remember him being like. He was up and coming. To yeah, he was. he was. He was doing some indie stuff. He did Elf. Well, I was thinking the station agent, but sure. Yeah. He did but, Elf. But he did Elf and he yeah. was like a, you know, he was a, a publisher. Or like the guy, the guy you called in to help your yeah. book, which led to like them, him, you know, uh, Will Ferrell thinking he was an elf, right? And so like, of course, all of that. Um, but he was like in an episode of Thirty Rock around then. He was like in I, there was just a lot of things he was showing up around that time, to where I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Like I would recognize him when I saw him. Um, but he death at the funeral. Yes. Yeah. He was very selective with what he was in, though. Um, and I kind of read up a little bit on this, too, like, in his early, earlier career stuff. Like, he was very selective. Um, he didn't want well, to probably because he didn't want to be, like, patient-hold. Yeah, he didn't want to be... Someone short. Yeah, well, he didn't want... Not even that. Like, he didn't want to do... Be dwarves and elves and whatever else, because he was always afraid that's what they were going to mm-hmm. put him as. And, you know, you, you see some... Some people who were lucky to break free from some of that, but like Warwick Davis is a dwarf in this. You know, Warwick Davis does a lot of stuff where like sometimes he gets roles, but a lot of times he's playing fantasy characters or sci-fi creatures or whatever it is. Um, and I think that he wanted to avoid some of that. You know, Billy, I, I think of like Warwick Davis and Billy Barty as these great actors who. Unfortunately, do get did get pigeonholed or do get pigeonholed uh, with what roles they were in, and so Peter Dinklage wanted to avoid that. Um, you know, once he got right. to, uh, I think Game of Thrones. Well, was a whole and then you think game, of him but... like he's not even that, like like breaking out of fantasy. Yeah, 
in heating rules like nowadays with like three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. And uh, recently, yes. I Care a Lot. Yeah. Where he plays like pretty yeah. much this kind of like boss, like, you know, mafia kind of yeah. guy. To where I'm like, he's kind of dangerous. Yeah. In a way, and, and threatening. Well, Not that he isn't in. And you so know. part of the, uh, you know, I think about like, I remember him talking about how he didn't want those roles because of the typecasting. And so it made me wonder like why he did this role, you know, at all. Yeah, that's what's weird to me. But I gotta say like the character in this, like, I don't get, it's not portrayed just like a normal, like stereotypical no. dwarf character or like a. Uh, like you would see in a fantasy film or like an elf or whatever it is. Like he is a character who's flawed, who's hurting. And he has that like opportunity to show his emotion behind it. This is the guy that I think has the most heart come back to him in the movie. Yeah. To where I think he's earning what he's, what he's keeping as far as emotions besides the kids, but even they are not really. Yeah. I think I think out of you know. all of it, like I mean, Peter Dinklage, it's I struggle I struggle to find a role where I'm like, ew, he's not good in that. Yeah, and even I mean, this, me like he he brought something out of it, and he uh, even Training Day. Was it Training Day? Yeah, it was a Training Day. I don't remember that. Yeah, I think so. I only saw it once. I didn't really care for that movie. I know that's sacrilegious, but yeah. Wait, um, no, was he in Trinity Day? I don't know. I can't remember. The, I thought he was. No, but in this movie, he has he gets to act side by side with uh, Warwick Davis, which is fantastic. Yeah, I and, mean, maybe but, that's maybe that might be one of the reasons. Well, and Warwick and Warwick maybe Davis, it's good to heroes. see them both do it because they both put real like soul into the characters that they were in. Um. The the weird satanic cabal, <laughs> whatever it was, where they were the White Queen's minions who just show up and are like, we need to bring her back. I was like, whoa. It was just weird that all of a sudden they were Maybe wanting to, like, I don't know. I'm, all of a sudden they were wanting to summon, like, their version of the devil as <laughs> the White Queen. It was very weird. No, he wasn't, but whatever. Like, yeah. You know what I mean, though? Yeah, With no. The, uh, no, that his him and Entourage was great. What? No, I'm on his IMDb oh. page. The uh, the scene where they're trying to summon the White Queen back, and all of a sudden there's like villainous creatures, and like Warwick Davis is one of them. Yes, I yes. thought that was very odd. Like there was no I build up that to that. Odd there was no too. build up to it. There was no right easing into it. Like if we would have gotten the sense that there was some other sort of evil plot, I would have been like, okay, I got you. Yeah. But instead they just go straight to all of a sudden it's like, I, tell you, like, I think that Dinklage overshadows Davis in this movie. I agree. And so I'm just like, I just didn't prefer him in this. Yeah. Not that I think that Davis is not a good actor himself. Yeah. Because I think he is. And maybe that's one of the reasons why. Is that he got to work with him? Who knows? You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Something I will never get to ask Peter Dinklage. Who knows? I don't know. I don't you don't know I'll... that you won't get to ask him that. I. You think I'll meet Peter Dinklage? Who knows? You think you'll be just walking walking down the street and be like, oh, look, look, there's Peter Dinklage. You don't know. Okay, okay, sure. 
Maybe he'll be on an upcoming episode. No, he won't. Warning. Peter Dinklage will not be on an will upcoming episode. Will not be. Episode. But we should do our five questions. We should. He was not in training day. I thought he was, but I don't know why. I thought he was, but whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the best part of the movie? You go first. Um, It's hard for me not to... It's hard for me not to say Peter Dinklage. Mm. Um, well, this is my opinion part of it. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking with it. Go ahead. Um, no, he's good. Yeah, I. It's really hard for me to pick out something that I thought was the best part. Of this You're movie. right. You're right. It's just my it answer, feels so mediocre all around. That's what I'm telling you. My answer is nothing. There's nothing that's the best part of this movie. Yeah, that's the. This is the first time I'm saying this. Nothing is the best part of this movie. Nothing is the worst part of this movie. Yeah, this movie is just floating down and saying, "Here it is. Here yeah. I am." We honestly, if we weren't doing this podcast, we wouldn't be talking about this movie. Yeah, this is not a movie that you're going to talk about. Yeah, in five, ten years, this isn't. There is nothing that's best of this movie. Yeah, if anything, it's the Maybe special effects. Yeah. Maybe uh, the the makeup. But other than that, it's just there. Yeah. And so I understand even the, even the makeup, your frustration. I don't think it's that great. Even the music is just fine. Yeah. Right? The makeup is fine. Everything's fine. And I really, but it's not, I'm not going to relive this movie. Yeah. I really, I hate like, you know, we don't like being like the, you and I, I made, made an effort I don't even to think say. We're bringing anything down. I mean, I think saying that what they accomplished is what they accomplished. Yeah. What they set well, out to do is fine. Do you know what I mean? You know? What you what you and I tried to avoid was the like running joke of saying what's the best part of a movie? The ending. You know, like the credits the or whatever. Is. Yeah. Well and it's, it's like twelve we, minutes long. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> You know, we were trying to avoid just saying that the movie sucked and the best part was when it was done. No. We've avoided that. I think because the best we part tried of the to draw is... the best things out. But this is tough because it's like, I can't pinpoint something that made me go, ooh, this movie. But I also like, on the flip of that, it doesn't even like give me something to hate. Because like, no. I, think it's, I think it's because at least if there's something to hate... I can I can at least take that out of the mm-hmm. equation and say what I yep. did like because what, you did what like. I liked was left over from all the stuff I hated. The, yes, correct. But it's not even that. It's like all of it just existed. Mm-hmm. It's it's so yes. like oh my god. The best I can't part even... of this movie is that, that the people that created it created it for a reason and they did it and there it is. Yeah. We can we're not going to pull anything out of it because it's just there. Yeah. There really isn't anything tremendous about this movie there isn't like if you watch this movie you're gonna not instantly forget it but honestly if someone asks you a question about it a week from now yeah you're not gonna remember this movie no i don't i not really we 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 did a whole podcast we talked not a lot about this movie yeah you know so i and i would even say like like i'm tempted to say edmund but even then, I know that his, yes. he stopped acting right after this. Yes. And so it's like, I want to be like, we got to see his kid's career start. But we didn't. But, but think about it, stopped. though. The music is fine. Yeah. But you've heard it before. The special effects, the battle scenes, you've seen yeah. them all before. Yes. 
the acting is fine. There's nothing that, that warrants itself bad, and there's nothing that speech-wise says it's amazing. It's just there. Yeah. And even the characters that should be giving you that are um, nom- that have been nominated for awards in the past, like Tilda Swinton and Liam Neeson, aren't even in that movie that much. Yeah. I guess it, so. I'd like to say if, if Skander Keynes, who plays Edmund, ever he listens to this, Please take up acting again. I think you should. I, I agree. I, Agreed. I think it's a shame that uh, the world does not get to see you. Agreed. So I, I think we can agree that the best part of this movie is really nothing except for maybe that twinkle that there was this opportunity for this young yeah. kid to maybe grow a little bit. Yeah. And become mean, an actor. It, there's but. lots of people who I see in here where they... Potential. It's like you can see the twinkle of something, yeah. but I don't know what. Yeah. It, it's just like, it's just so there. It's mm-hmm. like exactly. It's hard to describe, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's really deflating. It's it's a feeling that not a lot of people talk about, which is just uh, boredom. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah, I mean, it just exists. It's it exists. Yep. Our second question. Uh, do you think this movie stands on its own? No. No, not at all. No, not at and all. then that's fine. Like they're trying to continue the mythology I mean, of yeah. it. Um being part of the story, why would it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having said that, fine. like you can honestly jump into this. Yeah. And kind of fit fit pieces together. Yeah. And go, "Oh, okay, I kind of yeah, see can, what's going on." You can take on. take it for what it is, but it um, really doesn't because there's references to yeah. the first one yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, because he referenced the Pevensies as being like the kings and queens. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't know what that part is, then it's like, well, now I'm confused. They hey, queens. <laughs> uh, does this make you want to watch the first one? Absolutely not. No. Me, usually, and you know, usually I'm a person who's like, yes, I would like to watch them but back to back. for a bad reason. It's not like I watched this movie and I went, oh. Yeah. God, this does not make me want to watch the first one. No, it's because I've got other stuff I would want to watch. Yeah. It's, other stu- this isn't something that um, entertains me. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. Even stuff we've seen that's bad, I like. I get intrigued about the first one because I'm like, well, either because I know that it's so opposite of what we just yeah. saw or... You know, I want to be like, was it always like that? Well, you know, and like kind of go back and think about think it. it. But this one, I, it really does not inspire me to go back and watch the original. No. Is it better than the Renaissance Fair? Yes, but it's not as good as Lord of the Rings. Right. It's in the middle. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Okay. How dare you drag Ren Fairs into this? <laughs> uh, reboot, continue, or cancel? Uh, based on this movie... You should just you, you finish 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 it up, yeah. which they do, and then call it quits. Yeah, I well, think it it warrants itself enough. Yeah, like it hits all the right marks that it's supposed to. That you should finish it up and yeah. say there it is. And if you're a fan of these books, you should own these movies. That's about it. Well, how many books are in the series? Well, I'm just like, saying, like just in general, right? But like, like, it's like a trilogy. Yeah, well, I think they wanted to keep it going, but like you got the Dawn Treader, and that was fine. But, um, no, but yeah, they don't need to continue it. They don't need to continue. And this would be the kind of thing where normally I would say, like, 
why not make it a series? And you could draw it out for different things, but I'm just not even interested in that either. No. And these books never really did it for me in any way. No. They're they're bigger, I think, amongst um, British people than yeah. It is that makes state. more sense to me. And then evangelicals who hooked into it, yeah. But yeah, I think in the overall populace, it really is not as big of a thing. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, it might have been different, but like, you know, I don't think this is something that most people are going to go latch onto. Mm-hmm. Um, describe your experience in two words. Two words are. Th- Fair enough. This movie is fair enough. Yeah. It's C plus. It's C. It's not yeah. a plus. And and I don't think that's a bad C. You know, like yeah. what when you know you're rating things and oh it's kind of a C minus. Yeah. I think a C is fine. Hi. Sorry, our cat bothered me for a moment. I just think it's part of something that you can look at and go. I'd rather watch this thing over here. Yeah. But fair enough, if you watch it, legitly, you can watch it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna put you down. I wouldn't anyway. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, people shouldn't put you down for it. Yeah. People shouldn't make fun of you. Watch it because it's fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. Uh, mine is, it's there. Yeah. It's just... It's really hard to explain. This is not even... It's weird because, like, normally I say, like, when we talk about movies, I'm like, this is a a Sunday afternoon in the background kind of movie. Like, This isn't even that. This isn't even that. It just exists. And that's... It's so hard for me to say what, like, anything about this I'll tell you what this is. This isn't a Sunday in the afternoon. You're washing clothes, folding stuff. This is something you have to watch... In seventh grade English class, and you're bored off your 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 mind, and you can't wait for lunch. Yeah, you know what I Maybe, mean. Yeah, you're just like okay, whatever. Yeah, and you're just following along, twiddling your thumbs, you know, waiting for the bell to ring. Yeah, that's about it. Or you you turn on the TV and you're waiting for your next show to start. Yep. And you're going to switch you it. Just watch and the you're going to watch 20 minutes HBO, of it. HBO showing you the last 20 minutes before um, something cool is Something gonna be good. On. Yeah. Something tremendous that you've been waiting for. Yeah. Yes. But it's not a movie that I think that, you know... I mean, it, the only reason you should seek this, these out is if you really enjoy them. You know? Oh, there we go. <laughs> we got them that time. Meow. Meow. All right. Oh, are you meowing for us? Meow. Oh, there you go. Meow. What do you have to meow. say about Aslan? What do you have to say about Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe? Okay, she's she's, she's running. All right. We got a runner. All right. On that note, where can people find us, Mirage? Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> uh, people can find us. I'll take over. People can find us uh, at the Deuce Podcast.podbean.com. Meow. Google Play. Uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, a lot of those podcatchers. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook uh, at The Deuce Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Deuce Podcast. Uh, and then, of course, we have our uh, the No Phony Podcast Network, uh, nophonynetwork.com, uh, which is our, uh, our network's page. And our network has all sorts of different shows on there. They have... Uh, 
comedy, they have sports, they have radio dramas, they have, I mean, just everything on there. Mm -hmm. So go and check them out. There's something for everybody. And of course, our humble show, too. Yeah. So go do that. All right. uh, Get vaccinated if you can. Yep. Continue to wear a mask. Yep. Social distance. Mm -hmm. Do all those things. Yeah. Make it real. Yep. Make it rain. What? Make it rain. We might do another one here, maybe a special episode. We don't know yet. Yeah, we might. We might. We might. Depends how we feel. Depends (laughs) on how we feel. But if we don't, we'll see you in April. And hopefully we'll think of fun things to do in that month. But until then, the sequel is king. It started out as a feeling, which then grew into hope, which then turned into quiet thought which then turned into a quiet word and then that word grew louder and louder till there was a battle cry I'll come back when you call me no need to say goodbye just because Everything's changing Doesn't mean it's never Been this way before All you can do is try to know Who your friends are As you head off to the war Pick a star on the dark horizon And follow the light You'll come When it's over, no need to say goodbye. You'll come back when it's over, no need to say Bye. You'll come back when they